I'm Asan. It's Friday. So that means this must be the Friday show. Um, we are going to be previewing our trip to West Brom tomorrow and also having a little chat about a few other things that are going on in City World and also a look at the other big game this weekend, United Spurs, and what it may or may not tell us about the title race and also who our challengers may or may not be. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined by Sir Howard of Hockin, firstly. Welcome, Howard. Uh, hello. Is Hockin a place? Is Hockin a place? Yeah. Do you reckon if we Googled Hockin that there'd be like uh, a place called Hockin? That's a shame. Uh, that's a- it's a Cornish name. So if it was, it would be in Cornwall. Ah. Well, if there, well, I doubt there's a place called that. If there isn't a place called Hockin, we'll we'll create a town and we'll name it Hockin. Uh, after I would you. appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> and Kerry Collins, morning, Kerry. Good morning. How are you? Very good, thank you. Excellent. Um, okay, I think we should. Uh, I think we should dive straight in with a couple of opening questions. Uh, first one, I'm going to throw at you first, Kerry. Uh, reports suggest Arsenal are demanding thirty million pounds for Sanchez in January. Should we pay it, or should we wait for the summer and take him on a free? Pay it. <laughs> Not my money. Yeah, pay it. You okay. know, I think that's still. Uh, I know there's that whole the whole arguments of you know. Well, he's only got six months left. Blah 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 blah. But re- you know, realistically, to us as fans, that makes absolutely no difference. You know, if we pay thirty million, we get a player like Sanchez. I don't know where he'll play, <laughs> or who. You know, that's Pep's problem. It, <laughs> but, but it does almost seem it almost seems unfair. I would almost sort of see kind of what other fans would be saying if we're you know well on target for scoring over a hundred goals, and then we buy Sanchez and add him into the mix as well. Um, I just think it would it would give us the extra edge. Could take us could you know could take us to the title. Interesting, um, Howard. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> it does seem a bit silly, doesn't it, for four months or whatever. I imagine a deal will be done. You want? I mean, that reports on the Sun, so I don't know if it's true. Uh, other reports elsewhere says he's still he's still intent on coming to City. That's his choice. Not interested in anywhere else. Uh, I imagine it would do a deal, and it'll probably be twenty five plus whatever. And you know, if it's twenty five, I know why would you quibble over five million? But at the end of the day, we do. We've discussed elsewhere. We have to strengthen other areas. So you, you spend thirty million. It does affect what you've got to spend elsewhere. Uh, I'm I'm not convinced. It depends. How much we're struggling depends what in you know if we got a fully fit squad in in January it's just not that important but I think it's worth it's worth doing a deal because at the end of the day he's still a fifty million plus player that we're getting for a lot cheaper so he was sixty million last summer at least so if we're getting for half a few months later you know it's halving every four months isn't it so but at the same time it, it's probably worth it but. I wouldn't be that against waiting to the summer, but we'll probably do a deal around 25, I reckon. So, mm, Just playing devil's advocate for a minute, I think that the other thing is that if you look at his age, 28 going on 29, um, there's no resale in that. There's no resale value in that. And and so I kind of, I don't know, I'm a bit, I'm a little bit on the fence with the Sanchez thing, having kind of banged that drum all summer and wanting him really badly. Um I feel a little bit like what happened on transfer deadline day, even though it wasn't really his fault, left a little bit of a uh, 
a bad taste in the mouth and I kind of almost feel like if I if it was up to me, there's no way I'd be giving Arsenal money for him. Not when I can have him for free in June. Um, I kind of take Kerry's point about how he could be the difference between us winning the league and not winning the league. But yeah. again, just to play devil's advocate for one moment, uh, it is possible that come January, we've built up a healthy enough lead at the top of the table that it almost becomes unnecessary if that makes sense like so let me ask you both the question i think though he can play in the uh champions league can't he so i think yeah. if you've played in the europa you can still play in the Champions. yeah he's not cup side for the champions league so that again it's another big bonus gives us an edge yeah. there but yeah in the league i'm not sure it's it's vital but you know it depends what situation we're in come january the I, i'm just i'm just not um, i'm not ever believing that we'll be running away with it in January. <laughs> I just can't, can't allow myself. No, me neither. <laughs> no, but let's just say, I, I'm I'm interested in the hypothetical for one moment. Let's just say that we've managed to accumulate a, a lead at the top of the table that is 10 points plus, yeah? So 10 points or anything above that. Um, would that change the way you felt about buying anyone in January? Kerry, I'll start with you. Um I mean, it's still that's still only three. You know, I, I, I know what you're saying. Um, I just, I would, it would change how much I pay for them. But I still believe it's worth. I mean, it just you know, just what would be the worst thing in the world is to be ten points ahead and then someone gets injured. Say Jesus gets injured, and then you know Aguero doesn't find his form again or whatever it is. And suddenly, you you know, you draw three games and suddenly everyone's caught up on you and you're thinking, I could have had Sanchez for, <laughs> you know, 20 to 30 million or whatever. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm being really pessimistic. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just it's, it's going so well at the moment. I just feel like, how long, <laughs> how long can it continue? <laughs> well, we've got um, Tony Pulis tomorrow, so. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just know, you know, we're going to get kicked up in the air. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just think, it, it just seems like Sanchez and Pep is a bit of a love affair, isn't it? It just seems like Pep wants him, whatever. Mm. So I don't think, I think it's going to make a difference. My, I think my biggest worry with Sanchez is genuinely, is it is going to be who's you know how often is he going to play? Who's who's he going to play instead of? It's at the moment, you know, we're rotating everyone fairly evenly um, because you know we we've had you know a little a couple of little injuries, but nothing major. Um, and we've been playing a lot of games, but we do only really need one, you know, major injury. Um, say, you know, Aguero or Jesus out for X number of weeks. And we probably would really feel like having someone like Sanchez would be really useful. Um, so I, I still think we are only one big injury away from, you know, kind of uh, feeling that we'd need something like that. Didn't we, didn't, Howard, I'll ask you this first, and Kerry, you can answer it as well if you want. Um, didn't we say similar things about Vinny in centre-half um, at the start of the season in terms of when we once the transfer window had closed, we all sort of agreed, well, if we lose company, we're buggered because we don't have cover and Stones and Otamendi aren't good enough. The point I'm simply making is that are we beginning to become more than the sum of our parts as a team and as a squad. So whereas on paper, you might look at 
that Vinny getting injured or Mendy getting injured as something that could seriously hamper the season, the way that we're set up, actually a single individual injury in any position won't affect the performances or the results in a big way. What do you think, Howard? Yeah. Uh, no, I pretty much agree. Obviously, we were still panicking again about the centre-half situation after after midweek, but not not quite in the way it was with company being out. You know, it's more just the depth still. And there's still a problem there if Stones or Tamendi get injured. But as a whole, yeah, I mean, we've seen left back, you know, Delph and Zinchenko at left back. And we know, you know, even De Bruyne could play centrally and Sterling can move into the middle. We don't, you know, when we say, well, we've only got two strikers, it's just not that simple. It's not a, a traditional four-four-two team that we need to guys up front mm. so yeah I do think it's it's quite a fluid team and it's all about positioning on the pitch and yeah it's not as black and white as you used to look you know interpret a, a team set up so yeah we're okay but we still need it's just how many on the, I've said you know the last pod I think in the league yeah it's not it shouldn't be a big problem because the, the majority of games we should have too much whoever's out uh, and if we don't win those games, it's not down to the odd injury here or there. It just depends how on how many fronts you want to compete. Because in the Champions League, it's a different matter altogether. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. You know, Sanchez is unlikely to make. You know, be the difference between not winning and winning the Champions League. You never know. But you know, if we were ten points clear in January, it would change my mindset. I'd rather. I just. You know, I much prefer business to be done in the summer uh, rather than making decisions in January. If it's the players you wanted in the summer, you get them in January, that's fair enough. But it's just don't go for someone in January just for the sake of filling a gap. Yeah, well, I'd t- rather work. Well, but I think I that, is, that is what... So I'd rather get our primary targets in the summer and get a secondary target in the January, is what I'm saying. Uh, if the primary target's available in January, that's great, but they're just... They're normally very good players and hard to get in the middle of a season. So mm, I think we're talking because we're talking specifically about. I think that this. I don't envisage a situation where City are going to be going out and buying sort of second or third choice players in January because they didn't do that in the summer. They were pretty adamant that they, you know, they had a pretty small shortlist of players that they wanted. Um, so I think that. Here's an interesting question. What do you think is a more, what do you think is if you can only buy for one position in January, if you can only buy center half, left back, or center forward, who are you what position are you buying for, Kerry? Yeah, well, definitely not center forward. <laughs> I mean, basically what I was going to say about Sanchez is, you know, I think he is a primary target from the summer. And okay, we 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 don't look like we need him right now, but if he's available in January and Pep's wanted him for a long time, then I can see why we'd go for him. If, if we didn't get him, I don't think we'd go for another striker at all, no. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, left back, I don't know, it just, again, depends who's available, you know. I would, left back or centre back, it, I think if there was someone out there who's good enough and et cetera, et cetera, then go for it. But, you know, it's, um, I think it all depends on how Pep sees Delph. Does he see Delph as a long-term left back, you know, back up, or is he, does he still see him as a bit of a makeshift thing? Um, he's playing really, really well. So I, you know, I can't see any reason why he wouldn't be a long-term 
backup, and he certainly seems happy to play that role. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think if there's someone who's good enough, who's going to make a difference, then you know, and they're available. I mean, we bought Jacko in in January, didn't we? Yep. Um, you know, then it's it's worth it's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I've got a second opening question very quickly. Um, if everyone was fit, what would be our strongest 11? Howard? Oh, thanks. Uh, sorry to sit on the fence, but we don't have one. We have a strongest back five. And I don't I don't need to tell you who that is, do I? Well, it's the current back five. Uh, so Edison, you know, Walker. Uh, and I think, you know, Stones and Otamendi are... Our strongest two in the middle. Okay, the comp- company's relegated to backup because he doesn't. Maybe he's not the Pep type player. Yeah, you know, the the way we play out from the past. Yeah, the, the breaking the lines and so on. Uh, if as if if our whole squad is fit. Yes. Yeah, so it'd be it'd be Mendy Walker. Obviously, that that back five's done. Fernandinho trumps Gundogan because he's doing well, and Gundogan needs to. Yeah, you know, just because of his injury problems, he's not at the stage where he can say he's in our strongest eleven yet. I hope he will be. Uh, obviously, Silver, De Bruyne. But after that, I mean, how many places we got left? Three. You've got to leave out. You've got to leave out one of Sterling, Sane, Jesus, and Aguero. Yep. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't rank them. It's different. Yeah. You know, okay. Depends on the situation. Depends on the game. So it's it's three of those four, and I can't give you three. I think uh depends who you're playing because they have different preferences okay. to the style of the opposition. So, I mean, Jesus probably... I think Jesus and Aguero get in and it's one of Sterling and Sane if it was pushed. But, there's, yeah. Kerry, what about for you with those Very front three? Answer, so. oh, you asked me this last week as well. <laughs> I couldn't answer it then. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Howard, actually. I think it would be Jesus, Aguero and then... One of Sonny and Sonny or Sterling. Nah, let it go, lads. I think you're both way wrong on that one. I think that. Go on, off you go. I, I just don't. I don't think that that's. Uh, I'm talking this season. I think long. Yeah, long I'm too. talking. Th- I'm talking this season as well. I don't think yeah. that Aguero and Jesus and one of Sane or Sterling is our strongest uh, eleven. I don't think that our best performances, are anywhere near our best performances, have come with those three. Um, or with though with Aguero and Jesus on the pitch, I think that consistently the best performances that we put in, and when I say consistently, I mean over ninety minutes, we exert the most pressure and are the most dangerous when we play with Sterling, Sane, and Jesus. We might be a little bit more of a goal threat, if that makes sense. Like literally in front of goal, if you've got um, Aguero and Jesus on the pitch by the virtue of the fact that you've got two nines on the pitch, you might be a bit more of a threat in front of the goal. Um, but in terms of the balance of the side, the, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's one of the two nines. It's Aguero or Jesus and then Sterling and Sane. And I'm not saying that Jesus is definitely better than uh, Aguero. I think that there were, there are games that will suit Aguero better than Jesus, but it would never be the two of them, together at the expense of one or Sterling or Sane for me. Um, but anyway, yeah, we can, we've had this conversation loads of times and I suspect we're going to continue to have it for the rest of the season. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk a little bit about West Brom and City. Um, 
Howard's written uh, in our agenda notes that City are West Brom's bogey team and that West Brom are in terrible form. Howard, do you really think that City are West Brom's bogey team? Well, we've won the last 12, so <laughs> I'd say that's a pretty big bogey team. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, no, I, I, uh, I, I wasn't aware of that statistic, Mr. Harkin. Um, I have to ask, is that a Twitter stat? I don't know. There may, there may be other teams that West Brom have lost to 10 plus times on the road, but uh, I'd say it's pretty unlikely. Mm. Uh, and of course, we won four 0 there last season, didn't we? So, yeah, we've got a very, very good record against them. Now, in terms of their, it's true that their their form isn't great going into this game, and they do have some injury, well, uh, some big injury worries. I think that uh, Evans and is it Craig Dawson are both Dawson, out. Yeah, Dawson's definitely out. I think Evans is a big doubt. Yeah, so he's possible, but. And, he could play, but it's not looking good. So. And that midfield trio uh, that they will play with has just got kick him up in the air written all over it. <laughs> Gareth Barry, Krakowiak, and uh, Jake Livermore. I mean, that, there's, there's, there's six red cards between those three players. You yeah. see what I'm saying? About, Barry went off injured last week as well, so... Ah. Uh, but he, he is a possibility to play, so... Okay. Um, how do you think... Kerry, I'll start with you and then... Uh, Howard, I'll move move on to you. How do you think that... Do you think that Pep has to not change his approach, but change the way that we play when we play sides who are as outwardly and obviously physical as West Brom are? Um, I don't know. What, what would you... I mean, what, what do you mean? What... How would he change it? How, so how, do you, would, how do you stop them kicking you up in the air? <laughs> well, but it's, I guess by moving the ball quicker, that would be the first thing. But also, I, 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 I often think that, you know, you'll, you'll have this, you have this thing where you hear sometimes the idea that, you know, you've got to earn the right to play in the Premier League and that, you know, when you come up against big physical sides, if you're not prepared for the physical battle, then you'll get rolled over. Mm. And I'm not convinced that that's true. And I'm not convinced that the way to go and deal with West Brom is to go, well, you know what? We should, we should try and match their physicality Physicality, because you're never going to do that. So actually I'd be, I'd almost take the opposite approach of going, you know what? I don't want anyone going in for 50 fifties today because anybody who does go in for a 50 fifties probably going to lose it. And then there's a chance you might get injured and I want you to make sure that you move the ball quickly. And I want everybody to, you, you see what I'm saying? That you yeah, you, appro- yeah. you approach it from the point of view that we have to be more technical to be a team like this. What do you reckon? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's a, it's a slippery slope to start saying, don't go in for 50-50s <laughs> um, when we've previously questioned the mentality of this team in, you know, over the years. <laughs> so It's a fair uh, shout. Uh, I don't know. I think... Yeah, I, I totally hear what you're saying. I think it's one of the. There's certainly no point in us trying to be equally as physical and aggressive in the, in the way that they will be, because that's just not how we play. But um, you know, we probably know that we are too quick for them, and we are in terms of passing and movement. And you know, we can we can probably play our way around them. They're still going to kick us, but that's just the nature of it. Um, you know, I just think I don't know. I just feel like you just. We just got to play our game, 
you know, because when we play our game to its full potential, we'll be too good for them. And, you know, ultimately that's what it's all about. It's getting the result rather than, I mean, yeah, I totally hear you about, you know, risking getting injured, but I just don't think you can worry about that. I think you've just got to trust that, you know, they can take, players can take a knock and, Mm. You know, if they're going to get injured, they're going to get injured. It's just one of those things. I mean, like, you know, Mendy's, like Mendy's an absolute unit. And then he got injured in what looked like a fairly innocuous challenge, you know. And um, it's one of those things, isn't it? I just think you just can't, you can't control that. And if you start trying to plan for whether or not you might get injured, then, you know, you're going to be second-guessing yourself all the time. So I think we've just got to play our game. Okay. Uh, hey, Sam, yeah? can I ask you? Can I ask you a question? Go for it. I'm taking over hosting duties. Go for it, mate. <laughs> can we take anything from that cup match second half when we kind of fell of pieces for a while? Or um, a li- is this a is this a Carabao Cup thing that we do? No, I, d- I don't think it's just the first half. We were we did we just they couldn't get near the ball. Yeah, it was just we just passed it passed it round and. Mm. But something I don't know what happened in that second half. I don't think it's, it's weird. I don't think it's a Carabao Cup thing. I think that we. I think one of the things that the the a theme throughout a lot of Pep's press conferences after we've put in a good or a very good performance is that it's about how long within the ninety minutes you do you play at the right tempo and you do the right things for, and that's maybe the most challenging thing playing in a Guardiola side, he expects the tempo to be very high. He expects the passing and the movement to be super, super quick. And that's the only way that you can basically get the results that you want to get. And if that does drop off, then you we're not built... I've said this loads of times on pods this season. I'm sure people are sick of hearing it, but we're not a side that's built to defend. So therefore, when we our tempo drops and we give the opposition more possession... Whatever the reason is, and I know that that makes us very threatening on the counter-attack, but when we drop our tempo, we don't know what to do. That's my feeling. So whenever our tempo is dropped and teams begin to attack us, and that's what happened with West Brom in that second half of that cup game, I think that we tend to, we accept that. I sometimes think that we find it hard to react quickly. So if you can see that the opposition have, have gone up a level with their tempo and their pressing and their passing, whatever it is that they're doing. I think sometimes we struggle to react and go back to what we were doing well previously. I think that was a big problem last season with the slow starts to second half sometimes. Mm. We just didn't come out with the tempo. Exactly, exactly. And I think the one exception there was Burnley last, you know, you could see around an hour that we finally turned it around against Burnley after an hour. We just got the ball back and didn't let them near it. Uh, but it was the same thing. The tempo had dropped and it took us 10, 15 minutes of, you know, pretty nervy football to get turned that around again. It, yeah, you get on a roll. You, it's a rhythm, isn't it? If you don't, it's hard to turn it around once you drop, you, you know, the levels even by about 5%. Mm. So. I also... I- uh, but we'd be stupid not to go for the jugular against West Brom because... I mean, they've got the lowest, I think, the lowest possession stats anyway. They only average 40% possession, so ex- we're really going to dominate the ball again, uh, you'd expect. Uh, they've not scored more than one goal once, so if both their central defenders are out as well, we'd be stupid not to start with a very high tempo. 
Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, to be honest, um, you kind of wrote, so is this a straightforward City win then in the agenda? And I appreciate that I'm tempting fate maybe too (laughs) much, but I think that not so much that it will be a straightforward win, but it has to be. It has to be if we want to win the title. These are the... the, uh, It's these games that if you win consistently over the course of the season, you almost get the leeway that you need in the big games. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 And they've not, they've not won any of the last seven league games. I don't think so. It's not, they're not even in good form. So uh, I think rumblings are discontent again against Pulis. So, I mean, obviously you can lose any game. We could lose it just like, you know, lose to Huddersfield who weren't in good form, but even I as a, a, a lifelong pessimist says, well, this should be a three-goal win. By the time Guardiola goes, that's you'll be an optimist. Be. By the time by the time Pep <laughs> goes, Howard, you're going to be yeah. an, uh, definitely be an optimist. Hey, Kerry, um, in terms of the, the kind of selection decisions that Pep has to make, bearing in mind that we end up going to going into the end of extra time, basically going to a penalty shootout. Um, what kind of team would you expect him to pick tomorrow? Do the back five pick themselves, Adairson, Walker, Stones, Otamendi and Delph? Do they pick themselves? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think he was probably quite loath to have brought on, had to have brought on the players he did in the week um, because, you know, we just weren't playing very well um, and we were going into extra time. But, you know, they still, you know, can't remember what Walker played, but you know, it was probably about forty-five minutes to an hour, was it, including extra time? Um so, you know, I think he'll he'll play Walker. Obviously Delft didn't play. Um and Ottomendi and Stones, you know, they'll he'll he'll have them, no no question. I think it's up front uh, is probably the biggest thing because Aguero was had one of his games in midweek, which is what he seems to have after every injury, isn't it? Where it takes him three or four games to find his form and he's just kind of <laughs> kind of quite poor, you know, and he, um, I feel like we've got to play him to get him through that. So I, th- I think he, but then he did play for the entire, the entire game. So I don't know. He might, he might well be on the bench. I think he'll play Aguero and Jesus against West Brom. Definitely. Why? Yeah, I think he, I think he just know you just, you just got to play Aguero just, through that period because he always has it. And then he, he just plays those two away to mid-table sides. I, I just think he will. You know, just think of the Watford game or something like that. I, I think, yeah, yeah. I just think he will play them both. So I'm quite certain. So I we'll see who who would step out for you, um, Sterling or or Sane? Sane. I think he's just not quite happy enough with Sane at the moment. It's just in the current in this current two-week period. So. Hmm. That's interesting. Kerry, what about for you? So we're always completely wrong. So just... <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I would I would say Sarno just because he played the whole game the other day, but um, I, I, I didn't, I've not had any sense that he's not happy with him, but I mean, did, I'm intrigued to know more He, he didn't that. play the whole game. He didn't play the oh, didn't whole he? game. No, 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 no. Um, it was... Um, no, he came on. Oh, he came yeah. on, did he? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he came on. So it, it was Sterling who played... Um, yeah, it was Sterling who played the whole yeah, game. Yeah, of course. Um, in that case, then I play Sonny. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, you might be right actually. You know, if you if you think that he's looking ahead, that might be a fair reason for who he's going to pick at the weekend. But mm. then I didn't expect both Jesus and Aguero to start. So who knows? Mm. Hey, listen. Do you think that we miss a physical presence in the squad? For games like this, I'm not. I'm not saying that you need a. You know, we need to go out and sign like Maron Fellaini or someone like that. But I mean, when you look at our midfield and our attack, it's so small and it's so lightweight. Well, not lightweight because I don't think Aguero or Jesus are lightweight or Sane. But just it's it's so technical that do you think that we miss a player just like a because basically all we've got is Fernandinho across both those lines, across the midfield and the attack, that you would say is any type of physical presence. Um, do you think we need one, whether it be in midfield or or in attack, just to have, like, do you think that's something that Pep might do over the next 12, 18 months, is bring a single player in like that, just to give him a little bit more, I guess, variety for games like this? Kerry? Um well, yeah, I think we definitely need one in each game. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, you know, you know what Pep's, Pep, probably, Pep likes players that are incredibly versatile. So he's not going to buy someone who only offers that. If, if there's someone who offers that, plus they can hit a ball like Fernandinho and they can play a pass like Fernandinho, then, yeah, maybe you would look to to bring someone in. But he's de- I, I can't see Pep ever just buying like a, you know, a De Jong or, you know, someone who's just going to just do one thing very well it just it just that's just not doesn't seem to be what Pep does um but yeah I think we do need it I mean I think it was interesting I mean you know Gundogan was obviously absolutely like out on his feet by the end of the game and you know just kind of um in in midweek and you know he just he didn't I know he had Yaya as well and um I just thought Yaya was just so off the pace in in midweek just didn't really, it didn't offer anything the same as Fernandinho. Mm. So it, it would, uh, yeah. I mean, if you get, as you said, if we could get like a pivot who's also built like a brick outhouse, <laughs> that'd be brilliant. Uh, or even a target man, you know, like Lorente. I was going to say bring back Jekko, but was he really a phys- was he that physical Jekko? I'm not being serious, but I'm bringing back Jekko. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I, I don't. Well, I mean, Barcelona wouldn't do it, would they? But they bought Ibrahimovic. Right, he may do this. This may be part of Pep's adapting to the Premier League. It could be, yeah. It's always good to have a different option, a different style, and to have someone to mix it up. I don't know if he will do it, though. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there's nothing wrong with having a physical presence in the Premier League, in the middle of the park, or even up front. So, I just can't yeah. see us ever, you know, whatever, whatever situation a game is in. I just... I sort of just couldn't imagine Pep bringing on a big man and just pinging crosses in, trying to get him to head. He's just that's just not what he does. Is it? It's so it's it's a fair shout, but I guess that I just I was I was thinking last night uh, about his Bayern team, and I just started thinking about the fact that well, he signed Vidal, yeah, and he had Lewandowski there, and he had like Thomas Muller there. He had he had guys in the midfield and in the attack who were physically more robust and and physically kind of, yeah, just physically more robust than most of the players that we've got. So it just sort of got me thinking. I just, I wonder whether, whether it's in January or whether it's next summer that we might see something a little bit out of left field in terms of bringing a single player in that we saw, we wouldn't necessarily have gone, oh, obviously that's a, 
that's a pep player. Mm. And it, how would you write? It might just be that they go with, you know, in that position of the pivot, they decide to go and get like William Carvalho or somebody like that who's just like a big, big, big unit. Um, yeah. If Sanchez was two foot taller, it'd be perfect, wouldn't he? It's true. <laughs> it's true. Very, very, very true. Um, okay. Well, look, give me a prediction because I love predictions. Uh, how would you first? Uh, nil three. Nil three, like that. Harry? Yeah, I'm going to go nil three as well. Nil three as well. Okay. Um, mm, I'm going to go with a, another clean sheet, but nil two, because I uh, I don't think we'll be as... I think we've. I think that will the 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 quality of our attacking play will ebb and flow over the course of the season, and I I feel as though we had that sort of Stoke Napoli peak, and then since then there's been a little bit of a dip, uh, and I don't think that West Brom is the place that you go sort of thinking, yeah, today's the day that we're going to get our you know going to get our rhythm or attacking rhythm back because you're playing against such a physical bitty side that will do everything they can to slow the game down and to kick you off the park and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's going to be their primary tactic, isn't it? Is disrupt the rhythm, you know? So yeah, it's probably a fair point. Yeah. And we'll be playing at altitude as well. (laughs) (laughs) The highest ground in England. I love it. Nice one, Alex. And we all know that affects players. Definitely. Uh, Okay. Um, So, some other things I wanted to talk about. I want to start by talking about England, who are in the World Cup final of football. Yes, you heard that correct. But it's the under-17 World Cup final, uh, which is tomorrow, Saturday, in India. Um, now, they played Brazil in the semi-final this week, and Phil Fodden got a lot of headlines. Uh, Howard, talk to me about Phil. Yeah, well, I had the game on, though I was allegedly working at the same time <laughs> against Brazil. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was, it was magnificent. He was actually uh, clapped off there, you know, got an ovation as he was subbed. I can't remember late in the game. He was actually uh, got a standing ovation from the crowd, uh, which is something. And he even got on the back page of the Daily Mail. You know, one of those pictures where you've seen those photos where, like Messi or David Silva is surrounded by six players. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there was one of them where he was surrounded by four Brazilian players. Uh, he showed brilliant skill for the third England goal. Uh, just wriggled away, drove forward. Uh, and Brewster, of course, got a hat-trick. Uh, it's just a class act. He really was. He's playing in, you know, these young kids, they're playing in humidity, huge humidity as well. Uh, yeah, he's just, but he just keeps developing. He's not... He's moving forward all the time. Uh, uh, I don't know what the future holds of what City should do with him. We don't want another Sancho, do we? We want to get him integrated, but he needs he needs match time as well. Uh, but he's just top class. Like I don't. I mean, it's just you know we've seen a lot of seen a lot of useful, skillful looking, promising youth players, especially in recent years. But he looks the real deal. I mean, it's very early to to be talking about where he'll end up, but it does look the real deal. Uh, I should also mention there was three City players in the team. I think Curtis Anderson in uh, in net and Joel Latterbury. <laughs> well done, <laughs> mate. I was waiting for you to Sorry, Joel. That. <laughs> Sorry, Joel. I tried my best. I think he was actually captain in the side in defence and uh, didn't do great for the first goal because I think he used his 
don't know if it's a bit one footed, but uses the wrong foot to try and clear and uh, clear a rebound from an Anderson save. Uh, yeah, this uh, youth level, the de- you can never tell with the defences because the attacking players are, have a more freedom to show their skills. Yeah. But you don't have to discipline any young players in a defence. And Brazil created a lot of chances. But <laughs> Brazil or Brazil, I mean, their ball skills were just ridiculous. Uh, and England were very, very good. And I have to say, I, I was supposed to look up the stats and haven't, but the our youth, England at youth, young level have had an amazing year. I think we've reached finals in just, you know, like at all age groups. So uh, it's quite promising for the future of English football. So. Mm. That headline as well in the Daily Mail, I think it actually said, one Englishman, four Brazilians, and, and they can't get the ball off him. Which I that's exactly just, what it said. The swell of pride I had. <laughs> Good. That's you know that's what I've asked. Just, just to cla- <laughs> just to clarify, I hadn't bought the paper. <laughs> no, I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> um, Kerry, in in terms of Foden's development, and I, I think that this season, obviously, he's away at the at the um, the Under Seventeens World Cup. Otherwise, he may have gotten a game uh, against. Uh, Wolves in midweek in the in the Carabao Cup. Well, in terms of his development, what would be what, what's an ideal for you for a player who's showing the promise that he's showing? What position should Foden have in the squad next season? Um. So look at the way the way the, I guess what I'm trying to say here is like look at the pecking order of the position that he plays in. And try and say to me, or make an argument for where he should be and why he should be at that place in the pecking order. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Because we have some absolutely exceptional players <laughs> in there. Um, I mean, I just think it, it is, you know, it's League Cup. You know, he's got, but he's, it's, just, it's unfortunate. I mean, it's brilliant that he's in a World Cup final, but it's unfortunate the timing because I think he would have absolutely played. Um, he's, you know, he's, I mean, how old he'll be? Eighteen next year, will he? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I just think Pep. It's, it's unlikely Pep's going to start him in in the league, but then you just don't know, do you? I mean, we've still got such exceptional players in that in that position. Um, you know, he's not going to unseat De Bruyne or you know, um, you know, or David Silva. But then, you know, we've also got Bernardo, and we've got you know a lot of people around in in those sort of similar positions. I guess it depends. A, where's Pep see him? playing long term is he going to you know is he going to play across the front or is he going to play where he's been playing um, you know growing up which is you know in the middle mm. um, but you know in, obviously in the middle it's just you know you can if <laughs> you can get exposed a lot easier and it can be more damaging so is he you know I just don't know I keep thinking about Alex Garcia last year um, you know different players but you know there was like the so like the Middlesbrough, he put him on against Middlesbrough, and then they he gave the ball away, and they equalised in the last minute, and then he didn't play for about you know ten weeks or something. Yeah, um, you know he's not going to want that to happen. So where you know I think he's still going to handle him with kid gloves, but you know what I'd like is I, what I would have liked to have seen is him bringing him on when we were four or five nil up in some of these games we've been playing in the last few weeks. Yeah, I don't know how long he's been away for. Um, but he's been away for a few weeks. Yeah. Presumably he's been around for a couple of them. So, you know, for me, if we're going if we're blowing if we are in a situation where we've blown a team away, you know, I'd like to see him that 
A, be on the bench so he can come on. <laughs> um, and then, you know, bringing him on and letting him have a run out. Because, um, you know, he's he's got the quality, that's undoubted. That's, there's no doubt about that. Um, he seems to have the mentality, you know, he's he's obviously still small because of his age. Um, so, or not small, but slight. Um, but he's, I, I remember, I think it was Paul Lake said to me about four years ago, he'd been to some, he'd been to like an academy tournament. So he would have been, yeah, you know, 13 at the time. And he said, he, he, he named him then and said that this, this kid is going to be an absolute star. He said he, he shone above every other kid in this academy. It was somewhere in Germany. And, um, wow. And he blew everyone away. And I think he was, I think maybe he was even playing, you know, a year or two ahead. Mm. Um, and he just blew everybody away. So, you know, he's, he's always had that quality. See, um, when you've got, when you've got players like that, who've got that sort of quality, I'll throw this over to Howard first. Um, just very quickly, Howard, do you think that there's an argument? Like, so th- the Sancho thing, I think was a little, like, I, I guess it's a, it's a subjective thing, but for me, I've, I felt that Foden was ahead of Sancho in his development and I felt that he was closer yeah. probably to the first team. Um, but in general, is there an argument when you've got a player who's got that sort of talent that at a certain point you start looking at how to, like it's almost like a risk and reward thing where at a certain point you've almost got to let go of one of your senior players to make the room, to give them the minutes yeah. to see if they sink or swim. So, what do you reckon, Howard? Yeah, I mean, we can't, there comes a point where we have to put players of this quality into the team. Uh, now, they're, they're very young, so, you know, Sancho, I don't think he had a right to be in our squad yet. You know, if they were 19, 20, I could see the argument. Foden's less likely to kick up a fuss and leave because, you know, we didn't nick him off Watford like Sancho. He's a, you know, a Stockport lad, isn't he? So, yeah, Sancho was homesick for Dortmund, you know, come on. <laughs> uh, so, I can't, you know... I just, yeah, I I agree in a way. I mean, obviously, I, I think the future might be alone next season because game time is more important rather than some game time. We need a lot of it. Uh, but within one or two years, I fully agree that he has to be in that squad and he has to be given a chance. Mm. You know, because he's of that level. There's a lot of other ones that have been built up and I've, and I've thought, well, no, they're not really, you know, to be honest, when he went, I didn't have a problem. Uh, or if they do go, or if they're not getting time, I don't have a problem. But the one or two every year, you know, the, the ones that are just that level above have to be given a chance here. Yeah. yeah, and I feel that he's... With, I just Sorry, I just don't want the Academy. I'm all right with the Academy being something of a fundraiser in some respects. Like, a lot of them will fall by the way, but we'll get a few million here and there. But you still have to have one or two coming through. Absolutely. Every, yeah. and every he's now. so clearly such an exceptional player. Like, just got to, yeah. you know, we can't... Absolutely. And, you know, isn't he like a lifelong blue as well? I mean, it's just, I know that's not a reason to pick him, but look at the fans, the reaction, you know, just knowing that there's a player like that, it just, it, it gives an extra edge, doesn't it? Totally. An example would have been Delph if he had not developed this season, then you'd be quite happy for Foden to be a replacement for him. Yeah. You know, if Delph had just been the same, injured a bit, but, you know, and not really getting into the team, then there's, there's very little downside to just putting Foden in in that squad instead of him. Mm. See, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, well, obviously, Delph's taken a, a yeah, it's done brilliantly. So I think I'm a little more it's ambitious space. than that in terms of how I see um, 
Bowden's development. I, I don't think that... I, 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 whether it's next season or it's the season after, what I actually don't think is particularly useful is staying at City to play four League Cup games and to no. play the last 10 minutes of three league games when you 4 nil up. I don't think that that shows... Uh, if you've got an exceptional talent, I think they've got to be trusted in a way that it's... I don't know. I mean, like, so look, if you're if you're Phil Foden and next season, uh, I don't know, let me think of a, a big game. You, you've got United at home or you've got Chelsea at home or something like that, and you get given the nod over a senior player. That's interesting for me because I think that guys like guys who have got the sort of talent that Foden have got, they're never going to, and the, the mentality he's got, everybody says he's got the mentality. Yeah. And you can see that in the way that he's excelling at, at big international tournaments for England. If a kid's got that sort of mentality, I think you should give him a chance in the bigger games because I think that they, you almost, that you can watch a player become a man if that makes sense. You go and you put him in against United at home or against Arsenal at home, and he does fly. Yeah, you've saved yourself 40, 50 million pounds in the transfer market. The kid will then have the confidence that whenever you need to, whenever he needs to be to be picked, he will feel strong enough and ready to play because you've shown him that faith earlier in the season in a in a big game. I don't know. It's just I'm I'm not necessarily saying that he needs to play 20 league games, but I'm saying that th- this idea that they should only play in like almost dead rubbers or in less challenging games. I'm a bit more ambitious than that. I think I'd like to see uh I think I'd like to see him challenged in a big game because I think he can do it in a big game and I think if he does it in a big game, it gives him the confidence and it gives the coaching staff the confidence and then you can start looking at all the senior players that you've you've got and you start making your transfer plans. You can balance your, your squad a little bit differently. But that's an ideal anyway. Um okay. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the 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 rest of the um, the rest of the Premier League fixtures this weekend, or at least the big ones. Uh, how would you want to take this for me? Yeah, no problem. Well, to be honest, looking at the fixtures, uh, I won't call it a classic weekend of Premier League football, <laughs> <laughs> but there's one big one that stands out. Obviously, I think it's the early kickoff on Saturday, isn't it? So it's United against Spurs. Uh, I don't know what I want from this game. Uh, Asan, I'll start with you. How do you see this going? Is Mourinho going to play? You're going to park a fleet of buses. Uh, Kane might is a, apparently an injury doubt for Kane FC. Uh, will that weaken Spurs? I know their record without him last season wasn't hindered in the slight, slightest, but he's on fire in this. So, how do you see it going? It's really difficult game to call actually because I think that. For Spurs to consider themselves to be title challengers uh, after what they did to... Basically, if they want to put a marker down this weekend is that we to go to United and win, that says to City, hey, we're, we're your challengers. Um, I think in terms of, from United's point of view and how they approach this game, I don't think Mourinho cares one bit what... United supporters think or what the outside world thinks. Um, So I don't think that he's suddenly good. I mean, they'll be more attacking than they were against Liverpool because they're at home. Um, I suspect if Harry Kane is injured, they might be a little bit more attacking again because it might be the kind of just the sort of encouragement that 
that Mourinho needs. Um, I believe that Pogba's back in training. Eric Bailly is back in training for them. So they, yeah, I mean, the, the interesting thing for United, uh, and I'd be interested to know what both of you think, is that I don't know if you saw Miguel Delaney's piece this week. Uh, he says that Mourinho already felt in the run-up to the Huddersfield game that there was a chance that they could slip up in that game because he felt there was a lack of intensity from the players in training. And after the Huddersfield game, he's come out and he's really hammered, basically said that they didn't deserve it because they didn't want it and they weren't good enough. And and Herrera's come out after the game and said that, you know, the the, the performance wasn't acceptable and they weren't as hungry as... Um, as Huddersfield were. In terms of where United are at, when you hear these things, are they still actually a couple of stages from being real title challengers over a 38-game season? Howard? I don't know. It's just Mourinho acting like Mourinho, isn't it? I mean, oh no, but no, 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 forget. No, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I mean, do you mean the intensity? Well, look at the look at the fact that they've gone to Huddersfield and gotten beat, and they deserve yeah. to get beat. I mean, it's not that it's not like United went there, uh, Huddersfield parked the bus, United peppered their goal and had like forty shots on target, and and they've been killed with two sucker punches. Huddersfield deserved to beat them. Every- well, yeah, in our title winning seasons, we lost some poor games. You know, to average sides, I, I wouldn't. It's a bit early to be. I mean, we'll, we'll know more because they've got some tough games coming up. So we'll see. Now they get the real test. We'll see what they're made of. Uh, I just think it's a bit early to be writing them off because of a defeat to Huddersfield. It's not about writing uh, them off, mate. It's about asking the question. The intensity. Well, the quality of their squad, the development of their squad. I mean, let's not forget that they finished sixth last season. And it's been quite some years since they actually mounted a serious title challenge. So, whereas I think that the, the point is that everybody's talking about United as the the real challenge to City this season and how when they started the season, their form was really great and everybody was going, they're much stronger than they are last season. And we all agreed, well, October's going to be the real test for them because they've got some big games in October. So they go to Liverpool and they park the bus and they get a dross nil-nil, which everybody goes, well, that's a great result. And well, some people say it's a great result and others say it depends on what they do in the rest of the games. A week later, they lose to Huddersfield, is that not closer to what they were last season than it is to, for example, at, yeah, just to a title-challenging team? Yeah, it is closer, yeah. But we'll see these dips. You know, I think you know, we've even discussed our City having a little dip. Doesn't mean that they're going to be like this for three months. I don't. I mean, if I was totally neutral, I'd probably agree with you. There's not the quality there. Uh, his methods are not really getting the best out of the side. You know, by talking like this, by being classic Mourinho, by questioning players. You know, there's rumours in the papers the players aren't happy about this at all, about being called out in public. You know, the old Mourinho, this worked, this, you know, us against the world type mentality. don't think it works anymore. So he's got to be very careful. He doesn't do another Chelsea. And drag this side down. Uh, 
But he sets up the team not to lose. They're quite efficient most of the time. Over 38 games, you can take a couple of bumps. Uh, but as a neutral, I'd probably agree with you that, yeah, they do fall a bit short. Okay. Uh, Kerry? I, I don't think Mourinho's methods are helping, to be honest. No. I mean, he's, he's yeah. <laughs> um, Kerry, will, will the result of this game tell us who our biggest challenger will be? So is it at, at one of these two teams, Spurs and United, who will be our biggest threat? I think so. Um, and obviously they play very different football. I think, you know, Spurs have been kind of uh, creeping up and, you know, playing very well. Um, you know, they've drawn two and lost one. Um, but they, you know, I just, I think if, if Spurs go and beat United on the weekend, then I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to really announce themselves in the title race. Okay. Um, Howard, talk to me about, so Liverpool get tonked by Spurs last weekend. Is Klopp getting an easy ride considering they're ninth in the Premier League? No, I don't think so. I think he was. He got away with it for a while. Uh, because he's Klopp and he's, you know, he's enigmatic, energetic. Oh, he's got the, the smile and, the, you know, he was just a good entertainment. Uh, and uh, he, they were good to watch, you know. But I've seen the tide turn in the last few weeks. I've seen a hell of a lot of criticism for him. Uh, I don't think, I think he's not getting away with it now. I think he has to, he has to start delivering pretty quickly. You know, I've seen... Many journalists question whether he's taken the club forward at all, whether he can organise a defence or what difference he's made. You know, when they compare the points totals with previous Liverpool managers, I think his is the worst, you know, average points per game. Uh, and I've seen the tie turn in the last couple of weeks. So I think he did get, he had a he had a very long honeymoon period, I think. And I don't mind managers coming into the country and getting some leeway, that's fine. Uh, but I think his did extend longer than others would have got, to be honest. Okay. Uh, but I don't think he gets it anymore. Okay, fair enough. Um, you, do you think he's still getting? Yeah, I do. With it? Yeah, I do. <laughs> They're ninth in the Premier League, mate. I, yeah. I, I think that, uh, just for argument's sake, I think that even if United were ninth, there'd be absolute chaos in the press and there'd be talk, about the idea that Mourinho's got games, like a few games, to save his right. job. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty staggered that Liverpool sit where they sit in the Premier League and there's almost, uh, there's literally no talk of Klopp's yeah. job being under threat or under pressure. And yet, if you look at their, they've not moved forward in terms of their where their weaknesses lie and where their strengths are, they've not moved forward one step from where they were under Rodgers, in my opinion anyway. Um, And I think that the way in which Klopp has handled the last couple of transfer windows, he's sort of made a rod for his own back in that they've sort of done that thing of, well, we only want this one player. And if we don't get him, we're not going to get anybody else. But the quality of the players that he's working with isn't necessarily the quality that maybe City or Chelsea or United have within the core of the squad. So whereas those three clubs can probably get away with, you know, 
for example, City can go, we want Sanchez or we're not going to go out and get forward. Um, United can go, you know, we want Lukaku or we're not going to go out and get forward. Um, I'm not sure that Liverpool have got that sort of depth within their squad. And by not getting their number one targets, I think they've left themselves in. Like they play Huddersfield this weekend and, and granted it's it's uh, Anfield, um, but I wouldn't want to predict uh, a winner in that game. And it wouldn't surprise me if that game finished a draw. And if that game finishes a draw, then Klopp's got to be under some level of serious pressure. I mean, you know, they're 12 points off the top of the league now. And let's say that we beat West Brom and they don't beat um, Huddersfield. It's 15 points. We're, they're, only we're five, still... they're only five points off the drop zone. <laughs> wow. <You're right>. <laughs> they're, 13, they're 13 points and the there's like four teams on eight points going down to Everton in 18th. So, you know, they're not that. They're, it's really, if I just feel beat them this weekend, they, they leapfrog them. Well, there you go. So so for me, absolutely. Uh, he's, Jürgen's getting away with it big time right now because uh, I, I think that it's not just the performances. It's not just the results. It's him and everything that he said in the past and a lot of chickens coming home to roost. I mean, I know, for example, that he said at the end of the transfer window, there's not five centre-halves in Europe that are better than the guys that I've got. Yeah. So when <laughs> yeah. when he's saying things like that, then he's making a rod for his own back when four weeks later or five weeks later, Lovren's getting subbed off 20 minutes into the Spurs game. I mean, that's, you know, and they've now got to rely on Lovren and the his confidence must be absolutely shot because, you know, Getting sub twenty minutes into a game is just not a, just not a nice thing. Definitely not a nice thing. Um, okay, gentlemen, we should uh, we should probably wrap this up because I know that you both need to buy flight the Concorde tickets and they go on sale <laughs> in about thirty seconds. Uh, okay. no chance, anyway, so. uh, listen, um, I want you to I want you to very quickly give me a prediction on the United uh, Spurs game. How would you first? Oh. I think he'll make it dour, and I think it'll be one all. Okay, Kerry. Yeah, I think one all, and I actually think that's probably the best result for us at the moment, if that's as long it, as yeah. we win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should add that I think a draw is suits us. Hand- yeah, it suits us. Yeah, definitely. I think I think a draw does suit us, but I actually think that um, Spurs are going to win this one because I think that Pochettino needs to prove a point, and I think that uh, the defeat. Uh, against West Ham in the League Cup in midweek will just kind of solidify his resolve and I think that he's a better coach than Mourinho and I think that yeah I think they'll do it I think they'll go there and they'll win and the knives will be out for Mourinho as well Uh, and the other game that I want a prediction on very quickly is the Huddersfield Liverpool one because we just touched upon it and I think it's a very very interesting game David Wagner going up against his best mate Klopp's best man yada 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 Uh, Kerry you first on this one I mean, I'd I'd love to see Huddersfield win it, <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. I just feel like Liverpool might win that one, two one. Okay, Howard. Yeah, same. I think you're quite right. I think they will try and mess it up. <laughs> so they won't make easy work of it. But I think they'll scrape through two one. Okay, perfect. Uh, right, Howard. Thank you very much. Uh, pleasure as always. Kerry, thank you very much. Thank you. To everybody who listened, thank you for listening. Remember, if you've not signed up to the 9320 player, you probably should go and do that. This week, we did a fantastic history pod. Um, 
basically talking about the Joe Mercer, Malcolm Allison era. Uh, we also had our League Cup review and we will have our review of the West Brom game dropping either Sunday or Monday and lots more podcasts in the next weeks and months to come. So yeah, thanks for listening and we'll be back very soon.